Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions. Uh, we are live this week. If you heard me last week, uh, that, that those were encore presentations. Uh, and I, I saw some notes coming through that people were concerned they weren't getting through, if this was the right number. And just on occasion, we do have to air Encore, which are basically repeat broadcasts uh, for a variety of different reasons. So last week was one of those weeks, but we are back live this afternoon. Uh, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. That's the number uh, that... Um, We'll get you on the air, uh, 303-690-3000. And then we have a text line that's open. It's also a prayer line that you can use. You can use it texting questions uh, directly into the show uh, while the show is on, 720-336-0897. And then any other time and then the show's not on, it's a prayer line. And you could text us a prayer request if you just don't have anyone to call or text, you can text here 720-336-0897 and you can connect with us via that texting line. It's not a phone line where you can leave a message. Uh, if you do end up leaving a message, we won't hear it, uh, but it is a texting line if you want to text us. 720-336-0897 and then the number to dial to be on the air is 303-690-3000. And the way the show works is you guys drive the direction, what your questions are, uh, what's on your mind, uh, what are you wrestling with, uh, is there a Bible verse you have a question on, or you know, do you want to, do you need prayer today? Uh, we really want this program to be pastoral in nature. We want it to be your ability to talk with a pastor um, and, and interact with a pastor. That, like the picture, the mental picture I get is when a pastor is done teaching and leaves the pulpit, that you could have access to that pastor. And, and the way that we've done it for the last many years is that we have a variety of pastors throughout the week and then a, and a variety of pastors that fill in on top of that. So that you have a different perspective or uh, a brother sees something one way or has a different gifting this way. And uh, we've been very, very happy uh, with the program, been very happy with the fruit of the program and appreciate uh, your prayers and your support in ministering here uh, through the radio. Grace FM is where Calvary Live originates. 
and we are on many other radio stations around the country, uh, including the Hope FM radio network. So shout out to you guys on Hope FM, <clears throat> the Truth uh, Re FM radio network. Again, a shout out to you guys on Truth FM. And then some of you are listening to this on a low power FM radio station that your church broadcasts. So shout out to you, uh, California, Minnesota, Florida. Uh, there's quite a few stations that are carrying Calvary Live as well. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, it always a good reminder as we start out the show that the station you're listening this to, you're listening to this on, is a church-owned radio station. It's not a corporation uh, that, like other, like K Love or uh, maybe the other Salem Radio Network that are large uh, uh, stock. Uh, exchange-traded radio stations. This one isn't. Uh, here at Grace FM, we're a, a ministry of Calvary Church here in Aurora. And the reason I mention that is because we are dependent upon your faithfulness in giving. Uh, and I would just encourage you to pray about giving. Uh, because we're on other stations, I always remind you, uh, it, whatever station you're listening to this on would be the station you support, local Christian radio. But we encourage you, if you're listening to this on Grace FM, go to our website, gracefm.com, or download our free app. And you can set up a one-time gift, a recurring gift, but you know that you would be partnering together with us in the ministry so that every time uh, a Bible study goes out, every time a bill is paid, you know, whatever it might be, the electricity bill, the, the internet bill, right before the show, we're looking at packet loss on our on our um, stream from um, the, my computer to the to the um, computer in the studio, and and you're like, well, well somebody's going to have to figure that out, and it it's it's not it's going to cost. So you know, support local Christian radio. I know the other stations do big giveathons and bigathons, but we don't, and we won't. Um, but we will ask, and we will put the need out there. I know COVID's been hard. And so I'm not asking you to give what you don't have. I'm not asking you to give what you haven't been given. <clears throat> and But I am asking you to prayerfully consider including um, including Grace FM or the local station you're listening to. 303-690-3000. I'm going to go to the, prayer, the text line. Hey, Pastor Ed, please pray for my uh, upcoming myomectomy surgery and the ability to conceive after surgery. So, Father, I pray for our sister who has an upcoming myomectomy surgery uh, and the danger or the consequence that it may lead to not being able to conceive. So I just pray, God, that, that you would, uh, your word always, it's always clear um, that you are the one that opens the womb and you're the one that closes the womb. And so I pray for the surgery, that it would go well, and that our sister would be able to conceive after. And I think too, God, I know that there are many listening in that are unable to conceive, and I just pray for their wombs as well. I think of Hannah, who was so desperate in her life to conceive, and for many, many years she was mocked and made fun of uh, because she couldn't, until just that your providential will opened up her womb. And we have the unveiling of Samuel and all the way through the life of, of the prophet Samuel and everything that, that you did through him. So I know 
that you are a wonder-working, miracle-working God. And I pray for this surgery, and even for those ladies that are unable to conceive listening in, that you would encourage them, strengthen them, and according to your will, open their womb. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we have open lines. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. While we're waiting for a call, we'll go back to the text line. If Adam and Eve were first, who were the people Cain feared would kill him? Kim in Wheat Ridge. Well, Kim, what we're not told in the text is how much time passed between the time of Cain and uh, Cain's birth and Cain and Abel, of course, their births. And at what point did that happen? Because they learned a lot, you know, they learned a lot during that time. So they, they obviously weren't infants. Um, there was time that was, <clears throat> that, that passed. And, and so the, the predominant population of the earth came from the uh, offspring of Adam and Eve and the offspring of their offspring and the offspring of their offspring, because that's all that were there to conceive that were given in scripture to which someone would say, well, wait a minute, Ed, that sounds like that God is approving of, 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 um, Oh, for goodness sake, Ed, what's the word? Um, incest and, and God is not approving of incest, um, because he strictly condemns it in the Mosaic covenant later on. Uh, but the, the only people that were alive, were the offspring of Adam and Eve and their offspring and their offspring. And during that time, um, there was obviously, even as you see up to the time of Noah, a, a tremendous population explosion because closer to the time of creation, uh, there was a, a, a purity of the uh, gene pool that was corrupted by sin. So he feared other people that were alive at the time. And we aren't, we aren't told how many other children Adam and Eve had, how many more children Cain and Abel had um, that continued on uh, and moved and lived and had different relationships surrounding um, the area where Adam and Eve settled. So that would be the answer. 303-690-3000. So let me see here. Somebody sent in a text. Pastor Ed, we Christians believe one God eternal existed. Uh, one God and three persons. Who actively involved at redemption? Um, God the Son. Oh, okay. So who? Great question. Who was involved uh, at at redemption? Um, the entirety of the Godhead was involved in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, God the Father sent the Son who was filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and was led by the Holy Spirit. And the entirety of the Godhead was involved in redemption. And it was God's will uh, that blood be, uh, innocent blood be shed for the sake of guilty blood so that each person of the Godhead was involved in the purposes for which God sent uh, and came to earth uh, in the cross. So the answer is all of them, all three persons were involved in redemption. Great question. 
303-690-3000. We're going to go to the phone lines. Fort Collins, Colorado. Chris is on the line. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, thinking about Revelation and, uh, well, I think the guy that screened me said it was in Ezekiel, but yeah, it has to do with end-time prophecy okay. where God places a hook in Russia's jaw when they come down and attack Israel, and also I wanted to ask about Damascus being destroyed. If you could straighten those thoughts out for me, I'd appreciate it. Well, let's start with let's start with your question in Russia. Um, Russia, Russia's involvement in the end times originates for us in Ezekiel chapter thirty-eight, and there are different nations uh, that are mentioned there in the first couple verses. Gog. Magog, Meshach, and Tubal. Uh, and these are all key to understanding prophecy. Gog is a person, whoever Gog is, he's from the land of Magog and is the leader of Tubal and Meshach, or in some translations might add Rosh to that, which becomes a confederacy of other nations, uh, Persia, Cush, Put, Gomer, uh, and those nations there. Magog is a land in the far north from Israel's point of view. Remember, the perspective of the scriptures is always from Israel or specifically Jerusalem. And so we find ourselves coming to the conclusion that Russia is a big player in end-time prophecy because of this prophecy given in Ezekiel 38, mentioning um, Magog, which if you kind of draw a line, it's not an exact straight line, but if you draw a straight line north from Jerusalem, you'll hit Moscow uh, in that area. You'll be very excuse me, very, very close. And so um, there's a nation coming from northern Asia to attack Israel. Uh, And, you know, there was a lot of talk about Russia after the Cold War, um, but there will be Russia, according to Ezekiel 38, will be a big uh, part. And you can see that today. Uh, You can see that with with the current administration, the uh, Putin government in Russia and, and their involvement in taking a stance against Israel, uh, and it'll only get worse uh, from the end. Uh, so you're going to find that in Ezekiel 38 and 39. What was your other question? Uh, about Damascus <clears throat> being destroyed? Well, Damascus being in Syria uh, is, uh, once again, I'm going to have to look. Um, you know, Damascus has a lot of different places in Scripture, um, but there's a prophecy specifically toward Damascus uh, in Isaiah chapter 17, where it says a prophecy against Damascus. Damascus will no longer be a city and become a heap of ruins. And so there, there, is, a, there is a foretelling of the destruction of Damascus um, that um, was partially fulfilled back in 732 and is also has a future uh, fulfillment coming up in the end times, but how it exactly happens, we don't know. Okay. It's one of those dual-purpose prophecies. Do you um, offer studies on the end times? We do. Uh, We're in one right now. It's taking the approach on our midweek Bible study of understanding what the last days look like, Uh, and we're just finishing up the book of Daniel. The way that we approach prophecy is we study it, the books of the Bible, verse by verse, so we have 
the book of Daniel that's available up on our website. We also have the book of Revelation up on our website. I haven't taught through Ezekiel 38 and 39, but we did have Joel Rosenberg out not too long ago. So you can look up Ezekiel 38 and 39 because he did a Bible study on it. Uh, and that's available on our website or on our free app. Okay, I'll, um, I'll look on your website. <laughs> so let, me, let me recommend a couple of books to you as well um, that will be very helpful. Let me see here. Let me, I thought I had them on my desk because I was actually looking at them recently, but I don't see them on my desk right now. Um, but I might have written them down, so stick with me here real quick. Um, there's also a, a Bible study on our website from uh, Don Stewart, uh, who was at our church not too long ago. He does a great thing. I think the name of his Bible study was 25 Signs of the Last Days. Um, uh, let's see here. So I have some, I have some resources that uh, if you email me, I will respond to that email and with with a couple of links, um, but I want to give you these recommendations. I'm gonna have to. What I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to get find these books and get put the links on so I can include them in this email for you. So, but there one is by Ron Rhodes. I think it's called Understanding Biblical Prophecy. Very very good. And another one I think is called Every Prophecy in the Bible by. Walvoord, W-A-L-V-O-O-R-D, I think. Um, but for some reason, the books aren't on my desk, so I'll have to hunt them down. Um, but email me. Okay. I'll send you a list of um, a, quite a bit of information that we, um, we're we very much um, a, a, a church that believes in biblical prophecy, and we believe that we should know the times in which we live. Um, and like I said, we've been going through on Wednesday nights, our Wednesday night Bible study, uh, I think we're on part five or six, understanding the end times, so you could see what's going on right now in relationship to what the Bible actually predicted the last days would look like. It's pretty powerful. Would you mind sharing your email that I could write to? <clears throat> sure. You can send it to ed at edtaylor.org. Okay. And and I will do that. And one last thing. Could I get prayer for my cough? It's It's been ongoing for decades. It's asthma oh, no. and allergy-related. Okay, well, let's pray. Father, we pray for our sister as she has had this constant um, bothersome cough. And we pray for healing according to your word and according to your will um, that you would touch her and strengthen her, and even continue to develop in her this desire to understand your word and to understand where things stand in relationship to prophecy. Uh, you're a God of prophecy, and you are a God who uh, uniquely 100% predicts the future. And we are thankful that you show us ahead of time what's going to happen so that, so that we know the urgency of the days and we live a holy life. So be with my sister, strengthen her, encourage her, heal her, and use her in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. All right, we have an open line, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. <clears throat> if anyone wants this information on prophecy, you can email me 
ed at edtaylor.org. Uh, I'll, I'll send you information on the rapture, the millennial period, uh, things that I've written, things that are websites I recommend. <clears throat> um, I'll, and also three books uh, that I, I'll recommend to you that, that are good starters just on understanding a broad perspective of what the Bible has to say about prophecy. Ron Rhodes, Don Stewart, and John Walver, those are the three guys that will help you greatly launch you off on a beginning, beginner study on, especially the book every, uh, well, both of those. I mean, actually, all three of them are going to be pretty powerful, but Ron Rhodes' book, um, Understanding Biblical Prophecy, powerful and thorough uh, and a great resource to start with. 303-690-3000. Let's see, we got plenty of time. Dell in Aurora, Colorado. Dell, welcome to the program. Hello, how's it going, Pastor Ed? It's It's going great. What's going on? Oh, not much. Um, I I got a couple of questions, I guess. Uh, In the Bible, uh, you know, I've read where it says about unclean children. And um, I'm trying to grasp, uh, I guess it kind of coincides with my other question. Okay. Also, well, in the Bible, how does it see or how, how does it look? at children that are born other than the natural way of uh, birth. You know, I'm talking like in vitro and, and so forth like that. Is, in God's eyes, is that okay? or and, and are these possibly the unclean children that it's talking about? Or how would that work? Yeah, there's no distinction biblically or from the heart of God of the conception of a child. That child is precious uh, from conception, uh, precious in the eyes of the Lord. Um, God knows that child in the womb. And so the methodology of conception is not what defines clean or unclean when it comes to a child. Now, I'm wondering, is there a passage of Scripture that you are re- uh, you're referring to when you say unclean children, uh, that I could actually look at from the context of what it says and answer it? I mean, the children of Israel are often called unclean. You know, the idea of a person being unclean because of sinful behavior or conscious sinful decisions, but uh, is there a passage of Scripture that that you are referring to that I might be able to answer? This moment, um, I can't remember where it's at. I was... uh... I've read it, and um, I'm on my way to home, so okay. I don't have access okay. to it. But it's somewhere I can't remember where it is. And I, I thought maybe that that's okay. what I was reading, what it was kind of uh, referring to. Well, but, I found one. Uh, actually, um, I actually found a verse. It may not be the one you were thinking of, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, it says, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. Uh, And the uncleanness spoken of here has everything to do with a spiritual covering um, of a believing spouse, you know, a believing mom or dad. Uh, And because there's a believer in the home, then the children are set apart for a special purpose uh, and have a, you know, are set apart 
and have a more oppor- more a greater chance of surrendering their lives to the Lord. Like God already knows who's going to believe and who's not going to believe, but you and I don't know that. And so the uncleanness is speaking to the parent's status in their relationship with the Lord, not necessarily how they were conceived. The passage I was referring to, and I appreciate you clearing that up. That's a great question. I appreciate appreciate you asking it, calling in. All right. Thank you much. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. is the number. we got open lines. Uh, Call if you're in Colorado. Call if you're in Wyoming, Nebraska. Call if you're in New Mexico, if you're listening in in the Ukraine or Vietnam or anywhere around the world. If you're in Philly, uh, Baltimore, we'd love to hear from you. New Jersey, New York, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. Um, you, You hear us, we'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Uh, let's move on. Denver, Colorado. Noah is on the line. Noah, welcome to the program. <clears throat> Hi, thanks. How's it going? It's going great. Good. Um, so I just have a question. So um, the last couple of years, I've been kind of battling with trying to um, figure out what my calling is. Um, I feel led to do some sort of ministry. Um, so I'm not sure if that involves, you know, being the pastor or um, where exactly that that calling is to go. Um, and I've also okay. felt kind of led to do um, counseling of some sort as well. Um, All right. So I guess my first question is, how do you how how do you kind of pinpoint on where God's calling you? Well, there's there's quite a few ways that have been developed in the last few years of tried to dis- determine first of all what your spiritual gifting is. You know, how has God placed you in the body? And it is a discovery. You know, it's it's something that is discovered uh, because God has already done that work in you. When you and I were born again, He gave us spiritual gifts. Uh, he poured out His Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, upon us and inside of us. And you are on a discovery. So the 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 place that I re, I there are so when I mean that things have been developed, there are spiritual gifting tests and different personality tests that have been developed that have some tangential connection biblically. Uh, and I'm not necessarily opposed to them. Uh, however, I know that sometimes they have uh, extra biblical information in there that may or may not help you. Uh, what I prefer, uh, what and. And if you end up using one of those tests, that's perfect. You know, tell me how it goes and see if the Lord uses it in your life. But what I prefer is to go right to the Word of God. And according to Romans chapter 12, there are seven primary motivational spiritual gifts that God has given to the body. And I know without a doubt that Noah has one of them. And I, I taught through them. I think that's what's, what's airing on Abounding Grace on our radio broadcast right now. I taught through them. And I challenged our church family, and I said, look, I promise you on the authority of God's Word that by the time we finish this series, you will know what your spiritual gift is, how it's described in the Bible, how it's exercised, what the personality types of a person that has them. And I would encourage you to—the gifts that you described have a tendency—you know, what you just described, what you're interested in, uh, have a leaning toward the gift of leadership— 
or the gift of administration, the gift of teaching. And then when you talk about counseling, that has everything to do with the gift of mercy. And and then once you discover or you're on the pathway of discovering your spiritual gift, the next step is just to start doing it and see what God blesses. Um, because sometimes you, you think you have the gift and then you do it. And then you're like, I don't, I, I'm not very good at that. Um, like, like, for example, um, I know my primary gifting is in teaching, leadership, administration. I know that that's how God made me. But he also uses me tremendously in counseling. But I don't like it. I don't like counseling um, or biblical discipleship. I mean, I like, the, I like talking to people. I like ministering to people. Here, I'm going to put you on hold because the time caught up to us. And I'll give you a follow-up on the other end of the break. So we're going to put you back on hold. This is Calvary Live. We got one open line. Call it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. This is Calvary Live. We are here taking your calls and your questions. You can do that uh, to come on the air with me and talk by dialing 303-690-3000. Or you can text your question in if you're in a safe place to text. Uh, not, Of course, don't do it while you're driving, um, but but rather you can you know, maybe do it with voice or do it in a safe place. Uh, that number is 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. My name is Ed Taylor, uh, and I am your host this afternoon. Um, encouraged by what the word of, the word of God says. Encouraged every time I open it. Uh, recently, I've been studying the life of of Elijah and the boldness of his faith. And the encouragement is faith, so, so good. Uh, and and so uh, maybe you have something that you have um, been looking at and you want to share it with us. I'd love to hear it. Uh, today I just finished up reading. I'm reading an old book, a gift that was given to me. A uh, sister in the church uh, and her husband about once a month sends an old book to me as a gift. And this was one that's from the eight, late 1800s. There's actually notes in it from the person that owned it um, that I think it said 1890. And I'm like, wow, this is, I'm, I, I was just, it struck me a couple days ago that I was, uh, I had in my hand a book that someone was being encouraged by it in 1890. Isn't that cool? And they wrote their little notes in it. Uh, so 303-690-3000, we were on the phone uh, with a brother uh, Noah in Denver, Colorado, talking about spiritual gifts and how do we find our spiritual gifts. And I suggest that you know we go to the Word of God, uh, Romans chapter 12. Of course, we have the manifestations of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. We have a few of the offices where gifts are exercised in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, and, and so the seven primary gifts are given to us in Romans chapter 12. And then when, you, when you're listening to them and you're learning about them, you, the next step is to try them. And I was talking about counseling. God uses me in counseling. 
um, because I think he uses the, uh, other gifts in my life to get the word of God, like the gift of exhortation or the gift of prophecy, to get the word of God to speak directly to the situation. <clears throat> but God didn't call me to a counseling ministry. Um, and, and that's, you know, the, the, the good news in, in our church, we have a lot of men and women that love to counsel, that have that gift of mercy, love to speak into people's lives. Um, but, but my calling is more teaching and leading uh, and pastoring, you know, and that's, and I didn't find that out until I tried things. And, and I think the next step for you, if you have a handle on what spiritual gift in Romans 12 is yours, is to step out and try things and see what God blesses, see what you enjoy, uh, see how God made you, and then begin, you know, the things that you can see God blessing, spend more time in doing that. And then, of course, the things you see that God's not blessing, uh, don't do that anymore. Right. So how, how or what type of things did you do to, to figure out what your, like once you found out what your gift was, what kind of things did you do? Because I feel like I've tried different things and um, I, uh, you were talking about like personality tests and I'd actually done one of those uh, recently and it said my personality um, fit where, where I kind of like, I don't like doing the same thing over and over again. And I, I found that true in, in work the work-related field. And so I'm always kind of bounced around at different jobs, um, unfortunately, because I do things and then I feel like, you know, this just isn't for me or I feel like I want something greater and I'm seeking out and I'm trying to seek out where, where God's calling me. And I just feel like I'm, you know, I'm trying different things and I just haven't found it yet. Well, you know, there's a couple of, there's a, that, that can be a discouraging thing, what you just described, but I want to commend you for stepping out and trying things because there, there's a lot to be learned through failure or there's a lot to be learned through, you know, I just don't like this job. I thought I'd like it, but I just don't like it. And there's nothing wrong with saying, uh, I've come to a place where I want to try something new. And, and so it may not feel good. You know, you might want some regularity. You might want some stability, but God may have made you um, to be in different places because he wants you in different places. But uh, so I think of two tracks, you know, I think of the life track where you are going to, to what, what you're going to do for a career, you know, what you're going to do. For example, my career path was started out just, uh, you know, as a entry level position answering phones, but it was in those relationships that I developed answering phones and dispatching that I ended up promoting into management. Because that's how God made me. God made me to oversee. He made me to lead. So I ended up working in the corporate world uh, in that realm of leadership and uh, oversight and running reports and and helping people become the best that they could be and you know doing all. That's how that's how I was made. But I could also answer phones, uh, and I needed to be faithful answering phones. You know that's where I started, and I I I needed to be faithful where God put me because He's going to raise up one and put down another. And so when it comes to the professional side of things, you know, I think that what, even as you're looking for where God's going to bless, you want to be faithful where you are, uh, absolutely faithful. Even if you're like, I don't like answering phones. Well, that's where God has you right now, and you want to be faithful doing that because God blesses faithfulness, and he doesn't bless unfaithfulness. You know, he rewards faithfulness, and consequences come for unfaithfulness. But when it comes to the church, so things happen with me, so my personal testimony is, you know, I, I lived a life in stark rebellion against God. Uh, everything went backwards for me. I wasn't able to go to college. I had a child early on uh, in my 
you know, as a teenager. Uh, and, and so I had to go to work and I wasn't a believer. And so I just got a job that, um, I could make some money and pay the rent and put food on the table for my family and not really understanding what the future would hold. And to some degrees, not even caring. And then I was born again. And born, what God did for me was place me in a church where he would use the church to help me discover where I would fit in the world. And I really did believe that my calling was to be in the corporate world and to be an upper management and to maybe start a business. You know, that's where I thought I would be. Um, that's where I thought God was going to use me and that maybe there would be a pathway for that. Um, but what, what God started showing me is that he wanted to use me in particular in the body of Christ. And I learned that through the church. I started to teach in the Sunday school with the kids. Uh, I was taught in the nursery. Like whatever they asked to do, I would do. And right. then I'd find something that I liked. I'm like, oh, I wasn't very good at that. I wasn't very good at that, but I was really good at this. And just kind of taking those steps as I was taking them, the, the Lord led me to go, you know, I think I can, I, you know, when I started teaching and God, and God was showing me that people responded to teaching, I th- started thinking, wow, maybe God has called me to teach. And so I started focusing my time more, more on teaching. And then my pa- then the, the third thing you want to get involved in, um, so you've got opportunity like you're in the world, you want to try things in the church. And then the third thing that God used in my life was godly men, pastors, that would speak into my life and say, I think this is what God's doing in your life, or I don't think that's what God's doing in your life. And God had put people in my life to say, yes, I, I see that gifting in your life. And then also men would say, no, I don't think that's for you. And I had to learn that. And for me, it ended up being a church planter. And I've been in Colorado now for 20 years, and I've seen all of those things used in the church plant here at Calvary Church, where the way he designed me and all of my experiences have led me to do what I'm doing right now. But it is a path. It is a journey. It doesn't, you don't just find, not everybody gets to just find out right away this is what they were born for. It's the journey, and it sounds like you're well on your way. Well, thank you, yeah. And I, and I feel like I'm, you know, I've kind of discovered the areas, um, and it's just hard because I, I feel like I want so bad to be involved in and, you know, doing what he's called me to do and that, you know, I wish I could just, you know, not have to work and serve, and, and I find, like, a lot of joy in that, but, it, you know, unfortunately I have to... Um, work and, you know, provide and, you know, the things we just have to do. And it's just hard because I feel like it's, you know, I'm just not finding my, like, I'm just not kind of happy where I'm at right now. I think that's the hard part. It is, it is a little discouraging. And um, so I'm not sure if I, you know, should go the route of trying to do like getting ordained. That was one suggestion from uh, one of my friends that's a believer. And then, um, but other than that, it's been kind of waiting on the Lord. I'm just going to be patient. Well, I would I would encourage this. I, the issue that you just described at the end is a matter of contentment, uh, and there are a lot of pastors that that don't want to be in the ministry. Uh, a lot of people that come to a place where they just want to quit. They say, "I don't think I want to do that anymore." So, no matter where you are in this world, uh, because of sin, you're going to deal with discontentment, and being ordained is not going to bring you the contentment that you're looking for, or being a counselor at a church or being a missionary, the only place of true contentment is when you learn to trust in the Lord in your present circumstances. 
And so what you're yeah, looking yeah. for isn't necessarily another position. Uh, it is learning to abide in Christ and enjoy where you're at and to, to make the most of it. And that, that's the neat thing is, is God gives us the freedom to try other things. Um, but I've been yeah. here 20 years, and, and I don't mean this as a joke. I know some pastors do sometimes, but like I've seriously considered not being in ministry at least three or four times, at least. And, and it's the place that God wants me. It's the place that he blesses. It's the place that, where he's put me on the planet Earth. But I, I'm pretty confident I could go back into the corporate world or I could start a business and, and be very successful at it. But that, and then, you know, I get upset with somebody at the church or they, you know, pastoring is very difficult. People can be very mean uh, and situations can be very hard. And it's just a matter of contentment. It's not even the Lord speaking to me. It's just me having to deal with, Ed, I'm teaching you right now how to depend upon me. And you could quit yeah. if you want to, but I'm not calling you to quit. I'm calling you to persevere. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, thank you. I, well, then, I really appreciate yeah. it. I think that's just, I need to remember, uh, and I just need to pray for, for patience and just waiting on the Lord. Yeah, let me let me do let me pray and I, let me pray for you, and then I would encourage you download our app or go to the website calvaryco.church, and I think if you go to your app store and just put Ed Taylor or Pastor Ed Taylor, our app will pop up. And I would encourage you to listen to that series I did in Romans. Uh, listen to the spiritual gifts. I think it has its own little tab on there, and specifically the the studies in Romans. I would start in the studies in Romans. And I would be, I would, I would say on the authority of God's word. By the time you finish, you will know exactly what gift is primary in your life. You might hear yourself in a lot of them, but one of them will be primary, and that'll give you the idea of which direction to take. Um, and I, and one of the things I added um, to this study is what are the positive attributes of of the person that has this gift, and what are the negative attributes. So you can see that maybe some of the things you're dealing with right now are actually just the negative attributes of your gift, and you'll never get away from them because they'll always be with you. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll definitely download that and check that out. Thank you so much. All right. Father, I pray for my brother as he's uh, seeking to find his place in the world, You know where you've placed him, Lord, where you want him. Uh, where you want him, not only in providing for his family, but also exercising his spiritual gifts. And I do pray, God, that you would give him wisdom and insight and clarity. And and even with the, I think it's even more people than my brother that deals with discontentment and just not feeling like they're where they need to be uh, in <clears throat> in this place. You know, they're just not where they think, where, where he thinks he needs to be, that you would give him a contentment as he would grow in your grace and knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. God bless you, brother. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go back to Aurora, Colorado. Tina's on the line. Tina, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, Pastor Ed. Thank you for your program. Um, it's You're a welcome. blessing to so many people. What can um, I do for pa- you? Pa- Pastor, I'm calling in today because I'm on a, I have a dilemma. Um, my ex-husband sexually abused my daughter years ago, and he was sent to prison. 
Um, I did not know this was going on during the abuse. Um, it became knowledge to me when my daughter came forward years later. Um, okay. And he has been in prison now for his minimum term. So he's coming up for parole. Okay. Um, the sentence can be extended another up to 18 years, but this is his first try at parole. And my daughter has asked me to write a letter to the parole board um, regarding whether or not I think he should be released. And okay. my heart has come to a point with forgiveness that I've been able to forgive him for being a broken human being and for all the crimes of broken trust and broken relationship that he perpetrated against me. Um, I still harbor anger and resentment about the hurts he has perpetrated on my children. Um, but this Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me um, that my forgive my power to forgive is only those trespasses against myself that it's not my area to forgive third party offenses that is something for the third party and the perpetrator to uh that's their relationship of forgiveness between them i'm not involved in that and that god will god's in control of that and to let that go and I and I I found a lot of peace with that, um, but now I'm being called to write this letter, and I am not certain that this person would be safe to release. But my problem, I'm I'm calling you to help me walk through a little bit. Maybe just prayer is what I need. Is where does my where does my um, we're called to judge other people's actions against the words rules and but God is the in the end the final judge uh, judge jury and executioner if you will and and salvation is simply available through Yeshua Jesus well let me but, simplify this for you can I jump in I'm going to simplify this for you because I'm, I'm not involved, so I think I can see it much clearer than you do right now. And you said something that settles the answer. And you may, or not, you may not have heard you say it because you've been living this, but you said something that, to me, settles whether you should write a letter or not. And you said something like, I don't, I don't know or I don't think it's safe for him to be out. And if you don't know or think it's safe for him to be out, then you can't write anything else. And that's separate from your forgiveness. It's separate from your, from the experience you had. It's separate than from your daughter's request. Your daughter may be able to write that. And it seems like it would be very compelling for the court for your daughter to be able to write a letter like that. Um, because especially if she was the offended party, but she because was. you just said you don't, you're not sure or you don't know, well, you can't write a letter then that anything other than what you believe and okay. it's really disconnected from your forgiveness. I mean, you've got some issues on a personal level that God's still working out in your life of bitterness or anger or frustration. Those are all normal, unfortunate uh, responses to this detrimental sin. But 
but whether you can write a letter advocating that he be released right now, you said that you can't write that letter in your conversation with me. Right. Well, I can't be the judge of his offense against my daughter, but I do believe it would be important to communicate to the parole board how manipulative and deceitful he was at the time and just to flag them to be very careful not to be deceived because he is a deceiver for was I should say and it would be in the past tense well and you certainly wouldn't be a spiritual you would not be in the position of a spiritual judge advocating his eternal life but you are in a position of a human judge being able to reflect I mean, you're not pronouncing judgment on someone. You're able to reflect, even as a jury did, that he was guilty of such crimes that you would be able to communicate your observation uh, on this situation without crossing the line of taking the place of God. And I believe that whatever you write, it should not go against your conscience. Uh, Whatever you write should not be exaggerated. Um, And whatever you write should be done prayerfully and carefully. I've been doing that. I've been praying on this for about three weeks and have had sisters come alongside to pray with me for discernment as to how to uh, write the letter. And I appreciate your your observation. It's a, In the end, it's not even my decision anyway. It's the parole board. But I, I feel compelled to provide information to them which may sway them and that's where i was like if i sway them am i usurping god's place which i don't want to do at all or even come close to doing that you you would not be usurping god's place because god is sovereign and providential and above the he's above human affairs and i think that as you step forward into this very sensitive area that the reason I think prayerful and careful is that you wouldn't write this letter out of a position of hurt, but you would write this letter out of a position of hope. And and really, remember, Jesus came in grace and in truth. He came in grace and in truth. And it sounds like what you want to communicate to the people making this decision is some truth that they may or may not have, but you want to provide it to them from your perspective. I appreciate that, and I even pray for him, you know, that one day he will turn around. And, uh, you know, because that's what God wants. Absolutely. Okay, let me pray for you. You and your ministry as well. You're welcome. I'm gonna, can I pray for you before you hang up? Please do. Father, I pray for our sister. She has a very serious decision to make uh, that would be extremely challenging. Uh, that is, I should not would be, it is extremely challenging. I pray for her daughter, for her ongoing healing, uh, that just if there's still manipulation or there's still ongoing sin, that it would stop. I pray for this man would to be born again of your spirit, to have a real relationship with you because I know it's possible. I know there's redemption even for these most egregious sins, there's redemption found in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray that right now. 
And I pray for Tina as she has to make a decision. Um, she has to um, say yes or no to what she's going to write. I pray you'd give that to her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor. Okay, God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. We're coming up to the end of the program today. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze Deborah into the end of the program. Deborah, you're calling from Fort Collins. Right. Hey, you've been waiting, so I'm, I'm not going to, but I'm not, I don't have a lot of time to give you. So what can I do for you? It was really uh, interesting. Good wait. I love listening to you, Pastor Ed. Um, my oh. question is about uh, the part in Genesis where it says that the fallen angels uh, found the daughters of God attractive and then mated with them and produced giants. And my question is, how could they do that? I thought angels were sexless. Yeah, you know, there's this is a this is one of those debatable passages. the The way that they could do it is to inhabit men. You know, be they would de- they would possess oh. men. Um, and uh, I actually i I don't really fall to that category myself. Although I understand why uh, people would do that, it definitely was a uh, a very evil, wicked time. Um, that this could be a, a, you know, it could be referred to of uh, the God um, descendants of the godless line of Cain. Uh, some people believe it's um, just uh, evil men that lived that time. And then, of course, the sons of God is a phrase that's used many times to describe angels. And like Jude 6, there's a group of angels that did not keep their proper domain. Um, and they possessed real human beings and interbred with the daughters of men, which uh, which is hard. the only, the piece of that that's always troubled me even though that's possible it's possible this this is what happened but i don't understand how how you get um how angels have the ability to supersede the human part of their they have to in order to produce um in order to produce children they have to use the faculties of the human because they don't have those faculties themselves so how did something evil get produced by a demon-possessed person? It's still a human-to-human relationship, and there's really nothing in the Bible that explains that. And there's no other example anywhere in the Scriptures of the a, a demon somehow producing a, a half-and-half offspring. Um, and that's just never been explained to me, so I don't really, I don't really hold to that view. But many people do. Pastor Chuck Smith holds that view. Yeah, um, I just love the program. I listen to it every day, and I thank you for all you do. Hey, thank you for calling. We're coming up thank to the you. end. Uh, you have um, you have been listening to Calvary Live. I've last week was encore. This week is the real deal. So I'm glad to be back. Look forward to being back with our church this weekend. We're jumping back into our verse by verse study in the Book of Hebrews. Praying, praying, praying for more opportunity. I know the kids are starting to meet outside the junior high and high school. We're praying about what to do with our Christian school. We're praying about Sunday school. We've got some virtual VBS stuff coming up, trying to adapt ourselves like every other church in town um, to the um, to the COVID restrictions. I know the Tri-County Health just voted in a uh, necessity of masks. Um, we had to, we've been using masks and it hasn't been a popular decision, I know, I, I've heard it. I've heard it. Uh, people are very upset about it that we've required masks in our church. But now, for the next ninety days, masks are going to be required. So we've had them all along. 
Um, and I, I don't like them as much as you do, but I want to be together with the saints the best way that I can. And I also want to honor the governing authorities at the same time. And um, my heart goes out to all the exceptions and all the difficulties. I'm sorry. Um, I was asked recently how we're doing. And, it, and it's just hard. It's hard for everyone. And what we thought would be done in a couple of weeks is, has been going on for months and months now. And it doesn't seem to have any end in sight. And, you know, some things we acknowledge, the virus is real. It has gotten people sick. Um, people are being infected. Uh, it, it doesn't have a vaccine. It does affect the, some classifications of people more risk than others. People have lost loved ones. ICUs or ICU uh, wards are filled with people fighting. I know proportionally it's not a lot, but if it's your mom or dad, that's a lot. One is enough. Um, and, and I get, I get the issue of, you know, government overreach and all of that. I get it. But I I also know that I don't want to be distracted from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I don't want to, I don't want to get off track. I want to keep people. I want to keep my eyes. I want to keep your eyes on the Lord. Uh, so come we're, we are, we're RSVPing. So all you need to do is sign up, come to church this weekend, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Saturday night, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 8.45, 10.45. We still broadcast live on Grace FM. We still broadcast live online. Uh, we always will. We always have. So join us. Be a part of our church. Uh, get our free app. Just put my name in on your app store or go to our website, calvaryco.church. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining me. Grateful to be a small part of the big work God's doing in your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.